two openings, please. Second Chronicles, it's Old Testament, chapter 5. And then Acts chapter 2, that's New Testament. Second Chronicles 5, and then Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody have it? Okay, I'm going to begin the reading at verse 1, verse 1 through 3, then I'll skip down to verse 11 through 14. It reads this way, so all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings. And he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. Now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the Roshes of the tribes. That's a Rosh head. The chief fathers of the children of Israel in Jerusalem that they might bring the Ark of the Covenant up from the Lord, up, excuse me, bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, which is Zion. Therefore, all the men of Israel assembled with the king at the feast, which was in the seventh month. All right? Verse 11 through 14 says this, And it came to pass... When the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites who were singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jedithan, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. Everybody say one. one. To make one sound. Everybody say one sound. one sound. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not minister, continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now if we look also at Acts 2, I just want to read two verses there. Acts 2 verse 1 and 2. It says this, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Everybody say one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting thank you Lord Father today we give you thanksgiving and praise thank you for the opportunity we have today to spend this time in the word I pray that God you speak from heaven Speak through me, Father. Give me utterance, divine utterance, Lord. Let me speak things that I have not heard already. Let me think things that I have not thought already, God. Show me things that I have not seen already in the word of God. Minister a very fresh and relevant word to these, your precious people. And let every ear and every eye and every heart be open to receive the word of God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you may take your seats today in the house of the Lord. 
I want to minister on this subject today, one voice, one sound. One voice, one sound. One voice, one sound. Again, uh, this is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh, it's two words, Rosh, which means head. Hashanah, okay, of the year, okay? So, I say to you, Shana Tava. Shana Tova, all right? Now, I want to go back and do just a little bit of review. If you remember in 2018, I stood here and I told you something the Lord had, had spoken to me in prayer one morning when he said every prophecy that we have ever heard is for now. Okay? And then he said, furthermore, every word we will hear from now on is for now. In other words, there will be no more, no further delays on the prophecies that we've already heard and then there will be no delays on those prophecies or words that we hear from here on out. You got it? And then that same year, 2018, Apostle Derber came and ministered to us uh, what the Lord has spoken to him prophetically about 2019 and 2020. 2019 would be the year of visitation or the beginning of that visitation. And then 2020 would be the year of vision manifestation or we could say the beginning of that vision manifestation. We got it? So here's the time that we're in now. All right? We're in a now season. We're in a time of visitation and a time of vision manifestation. From now on till Jesus comes. And he's coming very soon. Y'all believe that? I said he's coming very soon. In fact, you best get ready. He's coming very soon. If you're not already sold out for Jesus Christ right now, you better get sold out for him right now because really he could come any moment, any time. Okay, the stage is set for him to appear at any time. Okay? Now, we, if you remember last year, just to reviewing, we came out of a decade in, in the Hebrew calendar, the 5770s, and our focus was this... Uh, word ayin, right, which, which is uh, symbolic of eyes. It means to see, okay? Uh, remember the little symbol we gave you had the, like, the little two eyes at the top, the little, okay, ayin, okay? And so th the 5770s was a decade. Y'all with me? Y'all, I know some of y'all, may, this may be your first time hearing this, but just try, try to track me. I'll try to make it plain, okay? So the 5770s, on, we're talking the Hebrew calendar. That's God's calendar. Okay? Was a, a decade of revelation. Okay? A decade of spiritual insight. A decade of God showing things to us. A decade of us learning. A decade of us growing uh, in, what, in our understanding. Okay? And then uh, I want to show you a scripture. Give me Amos chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Amos 3, verse 7 and 8. This is very important here. Glory to God. Here's what the Lord says through Amos. He says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So the Lord God, who's over the whole universe, doesn't do anything. He makes no moves. Man. Unless he reveals his secret, what he's about to do to his servants, the prophets. So that's why you ought to be glad you're in a prophetic church. 
under prophetic covering. We even are over covering as a prophetic covering because you have an idea of what God's doing in the earth. You don't need to be blind. You don't need to be taken, uh, caught off guard, taken by surprise by anything. God prophetically spoke to us being a flower ahead of time to prepare us financially for, for the, these days that we're in right now. You got it? So God doesn't do anything in the earth unless he reveals his secret. Everybody say reveals. His secret to his servants, the prophets. Now let's go to verse 8, please. Then it says, a lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? So the first verse, verse 7, was about something that was revealed. And then verse 8 talks about what is spoken. Y'all remember this? So we see God's order of operation is that things first must be revealed must be shown, and then what has been revealed and what has been shown now must be spoken. So if you remember, I taught you through the 5770s that God was revealing things to us. He was revealing things about our sonship, revealing things about his kingdom, revealing things about, you know, what is man. And, you know, he, he began to show us who we are in him. He began to reveal about his kingdom prosperity. Right? So we came out of that revelation decade, Jesus. I'm praying for y'all to hear me today. Into now, the 5780s, a speaking decade. Some of y'all may think of this, that you, we don't have any control of that. No, we don't. God's in control of it. We have to sync with him and operate with him. You may think that life is just about happenstance and things are just happening. There's nothing that just happens in the universe. God is a very organized God. I said he's a very organized God. And he orchestrates all things. I'll show you that here in a moment, okay? So we're, we move from the, from the revelation now to declaration here. We move from hearing and seeing now into speaking. So remember I gave you last year this uh, Hebrew uh, symbol, uh, pay, P-E-Y, the 17th letter, letter of, the, of the Hebrew alphabet that has a numerical value of 80, just follow me, 5780, last year, right? And so we talked about this being the decade of the mouth, speaking of the mouth. If you look at that symbol, that, that pay, it looks like a mouth being opened. You understand, in Hebrew, every number means something, every letter means something, every picture means something. That's why Jesus said that before all heaven and earth pass away, oh, he, said, he, said, he said, not before, he said, I'll let all heaven and earth pass away before one jot or tittle of my word passes away. What does it mean by jot or tittle? The same way in, in our English language, we have little lowercase i's and we put a little dot on it. Or a lowercase t, we put a little t on it. If, if, you, if you don't put that little cross on that t, it's an L. Those little marks mean something in our English language, right? So in, the, in Hebrew, every single number means something. Every single no, uh, letter means something. Every single word means something. God speaks um, uh, infinitely through his word. In other words, there are words that you may know today from in, in, God's, in God's word that you don't know all there is to know about it. You can spend your whole life studying that same word and the revelation will just keep on coming out. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? All right, so we, we enter pay, and so our key scripture last year, some of y'all might remember this, Psalm 81 verse 10 in uh, the Passion Translation. 
Psalm 81 verse 10, the passage translation reads this way. I'm reading just the gist of it. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. Come on. I'll fulfill it now. You speak the words that you speak. Okay. We remember we printed all the whole, all the posters. You can put them up there in your house and sit those out. You know, prophesy till you can testify. So as you prophesy, as you prophesy, see if you're in a prophetic house, that prophetic bent has to be on your life. If you're properly connected, there's a prophetic bent on your life, and God has put it on every one of us that when you and I speak. When you and I declare things and decree things, they come to pass. Job 22, verse 28. Job 22, 28. Y'all know this scripture, don't you? Put that on the screen. Job 22, verse 28 says, We shall declare a thing, or you will also declare a thing, and it will be established. All right, we're going to start over. Ready, read. You will also declare a thing, and it will be so light will shine on your ways. Now, who's going to declare a thing? You. So you have the authority to declare things over your lives. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Don't ever make the mistake of misquoting that and saying the power of life and death. No. It says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death don't have any power. Your tongue has the power. That's why the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. People think life has power and death has power. When death comes sneaking in your room and going to take you, no, that, no, that's not how the Bible reads. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, your tongue. And he that loves it will eat the fruit thereof. So what you speak is what happens. That means your life, listen to me very carefully, your life is voice activated. No one else can dictate your life to you. I'm so glad about that because if people had power over my life, I wouldn't be here. If other people had the power to dictate where my life would go, I would not be here today. You have the power. You alone have the power to decree things over your life. Now, this is God's word, isn't it? He says life and death in the power of the tongue. He says you will decree a thing or you will declare a thing and it will be established to you. He, Jesus said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, he has given you, listen to this, legislative authority. You have legal authority over your life. So if you don't like your life the way it is, change what you say. I wish I had a little more help with that. Turn to the neighbor and say, neighbor, if you don't like your life the way it is, change what you say. What are you saying about yourself? I'm too ugly. I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too... Uh, stop saying that. Start saying what God's word says about you. You are healed. You are blessed. You are rich. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Start saying that. Agree with God. When you agree with God, now he can release what he wants in your life. This light's going to shine on your way. Y'all got it? So we're in a decade of speaking. You got it? Now, I want to show you something here. Because uh, some of y'all know, I think Friday it was, I posted last year's Rosh Hashanah message in our, in our church group here. 
because I, I thought it was worth reviewing. And so I'm out, I'm out there walking, you know, getting my lungs exercise in, and I'm just, well, I'm pumping that word, man. And well, I'm, I'm shouting all up and down the streets, praise God. I'm like, that's some good preacher right there, Lord. That's some good prophetic, praise God. I was, man. I could hardly, hardly contain myself. Praise God. I just had to because you're outside around folk. You know, you couldn't go crazy. They would have called the people on me. So I want to I wanna repeat a phrase to you because I went back even to my notes. I said, Lord, you said that. I want to repeat a phrase to you that was spoken last year this time. God is about to bring the clean voices to the forefront. The voices of those who have purpose in their hearts to serve him. This is this reminder from last year. God is about, and this is what God was declaring to us last year. God is about to bring the clean voices to the forefront. <laughs> the voices of those who have purpose in their hearts to serve him. Now notice he says he's going to bring the clean voices to the forefront. Now this is September last year. Within six months, this is, it was the end of September, September 30th. Within six months of that time, of that declaration, Satan, he had already released it, but he let it hit America, the biggest voice in the world, this pandemic. And I got to pause here because I still don't think most people understand this, what I want to call pandemonic. It's a pan-demonic. It's a demonic scheme over the whole world. Most of the church, now not you, most of the church is woefully ignorant concerning the pandemonic. Most of the church quickly gave in to, hey, 15 days to slow the spread. We're just going to shut down 15 days to slow the spread. Well, we've just, just hit like the six-month anniversary of them 15 days. <laughs> you know, it's still trying to slow the spread. And shut down. Churches shut down all over the country, all over the world. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with America because America is the biggest voice. And churches are still shut down. And believers... Believers, believers are still hiding at home. Because they don't understand that what Satan released was to stop the voice. Because Satan understood this is the decade. Once it was released, now he, he didn't know it until we spoke it. You understand? You understand? Satan does not know God's plans. 
Satan is, we, we give Satan too much credit like he's in on, in on God's secrets. No, God reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Jesus, Jesus said, he said, I tell my friends what I'm doing. Satan is not Jesus' friend. So he doesn't, he, he doesn't give Satan a heads up, look, this is what we're going to be doing. This is what I'm going to bring. No, he doesn't, he doesn't give it to Satan. So Satan doesn't find out about what God has planned in your life until you speak it. And he said, huh. Oh, that's what, that's what God's up to. I was wondering because I saw these little things happening. Oh, that's what he's, about, he's up to. So what he has to do, because this is the decade of the mouth, he has to release a pandemic, a, a, I'm going to go beyond pandemic, a stupidity in the earth. Because what the world has hit with this whole little virus thing is nothing greater than what we've seen in decades past. The, even the so-called deaths from it, which are, which are not true, we're finding out. The CDC's coming out, putting all on the word. They're saying it was 94% of these things that we call in deaths from COVID, they're saying are not even actually COVID. It's something else. 94%. That's from the COVID themselves, from CDC themselves. 94% are comorbidities means they actually died of something else. They just had COVID. So what we're seeing is a mass stupidity, a mass delusion that's been released by the enemy to stop our voices. So here's what he says, all right? No mass gatherings. No mass gatherings, because he knows the power, just like we see in this text that we saw today, the power of when you and I get together. So I got to shut that down. I got to eliminate that. And if by chance I let you get together, then you have to put on a mask. Now, not, listen, I'm not picking on anybody wearing a mask. I'm talking about Satan's scheme. I'm not picking on you. I'm talking about Satan's scheme. Okay. Because when you've done it, you've gone to a restaurant, got your mask on, and got to order your food, and you got to repeat it twice, three times. <laughs> I mean, the drive-through was already bad. You're trying to hear the post this little brother in there, like, what, what, what'd you say? So, so. He, here's the thing, mask or no mask, shield, it no matter what I'm talking about. I'm talking about cover your mouth. It's the symbol. Cover your mouth. Then, okay, if that doesn't pass, then you come to church, but you can't sing out loud. That's Joshua, this is what they say all over the world. And in America, don't sing out loud. If you're going to sing, you got to sing very softly. Don't, don't make a loud noise like the Bible says. Furthermore, don't have any of those trumpets or wind instruments in there. Now, I read, we read already. 
the trumpets. As a matter of fact, can I just make sure you understand that uh, the other name for Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets. This is also known as the Feast of Trumpets. So before that can come, he's got to shut down the trumpets, shut down the mouths, shut down the praise, shut down the, the vocal worship, and most importantly, he wants to shut down the prophetic voices. So I want you to see that we're, we're, we're dealing with a scheme from a schemer, not a virus. You have more chance of dying in a, in a plane, a plane falling on your house than dying from this virus. Just statistically. So it's not about a virus. So I said it's not about a virus. Even if all the people who they said did die did actually die of COVID, and they didn't. We know 94% of them didn't. But even if 100% of them did, we still got a, a 99% uh, survival rate. That's even if that other part was true. So it's not about a virus. It's about a scheme to stop the church. See, I don't know, I don't know if you all realize that yet, how critical you are to this whole thing going on here. That he, he heard the prophecies from last year. He heard, oh, this is a decade of the mouth. I got to shut their mouths down. Because when they speak, things happen. When they speak, things change. When, things, when they speak, things move. So I got to shut their mouths down. Furthermore, the only noise that's tolerated, the only noise that's encouraged <laughs> is the chaos and the violence and the shouts of hatred and division in our streets. No mass gatherings, but people can gather by the hundreds and thousands in the streets and protest loudly. You see, you got, you got, you got to see this while, while, while the church is hiding. While believers are hiding, the demonic voices are shouting, are speaking. Because Satan always tries to bring a counterfeit Manifestation. He's always doing that. He's always trying to bring a counterfeit manifestation. He always has to bring the artificial, the fake. He just like God's manifesting his vision, Satan's trying to manifest his own vision. His vision is, a, is a, a nation in a world of chaos and confusion and hatred and strife and division of, of 
immoral societies. So he's got to make sure the prophetic voices don't speak against that. Don't say anything about those lifestyles. Don't say anything about, this, about, about debauchery. Don't say anything about that. Shut your mouth. Don't even go to church. And then, okay, well, we're just going to stream online. We're just going to zoom everything. We're just going to put everything on Facebook. Um, I have news for you. We, had, we experienced that yesterday with our men's breakfast. The technology just kept... We kept, kept getting a little thing on, on, the, on the TV that kept saying, your, your internet connection is unstable. I kept telling Kirkin, it must be double-minded. So the devil tries to get people to depend on technology that right now he's controlling. Now, so what's happening? Non-prophetic voices are echoing, I'm talking about even in the church. In the church, I'm talking about in the church. Non-prophetic voices are echoing what they hear in the media and in the streets. That's why I'm hearing pastors who do their little YouTubes. and They're echoing what they hear in the media and in the streets because they're, they haven't spent time in a decade of revelation. While you were sitting receiving revelation, they were, they were more into recreation and, and social stuff. and So they weren't getting revelation. They were all information age. So now in the speaking age, they don't have anything to say. Prophetically. So all they can echo is what they hear in the media and in the streets. So even in the church, they're pushing demonic agendas. Even in the church, they're pushing demonic ideologies. I heard this pastor yesterday preaching about all white people are racist. You're stupid. Shut up. That's stupid going to see. Shut up. You're hearing the media say that. You're hearing the streets say that. That can't be true. But that's what, because they're not prophetic, they're echoes. That's why you have to be careful that you don't go around echoing like a little parrot what you're hearing on the streets, what you're hearing in the media. Because if you do that, you are simply reinforcing by your authority because you can't turn your authority on and off. So you begin to reinforce by your authority what they're saying, which is not true, but you are bringing it to pass because you are carrying this authority. 
So you got to make sure that you're not simply echoing what you hear in the streets. See, everybody say, I'm, I'm a prophetic voice. I'm a prophetic voice. So you and I then have to declare not what we hear in the media, not what we hear in the streets, but what we hear from heaven. Put up Amos 3 verse 8 again. Amos 3 verse 8. This is so critical here. Amos 3 verse 8. A lion has roared. That's a lion of Judah. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Thank you, Lord. Who can but prophesy? So you and I, as prophetic people, we hear what God speaks, and then we prophesy. Are y'all getting this here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give me Psalm 33, verse 10 and 11, media. Psalm 33, verse 10 and 11. You write it down. Because what the enemy means for evil all out here, God knows how to turn for good. The truth is, Satan cannot stop God. I don't care how big and bad he is, Satan cannot stop God. That's why I tell you the church can't be stopped. I said the church can't be stopped. If they're stopping people, it's it's because uh well, I don't know, I wanna See, I, I, uh, see I, don't, I don't get it, Elder Jeff. I don't get it. These churches are shut down. I, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't get why you can and you won't. I was riding by this morning some, some Pentecostal church. Uh, churches, Pentecostal, and, and some strong faith churches, and they closed, and I saw the Catholic church, they over there meeting. I said, the, the Catholics. And I would say, hey, the, the Catholics over there meeting, and y'all not in church, right? The Catholic, but the Catholics in church. And y'all are looked down on the Catholics, but they're in church. Psalm 33, verse 10, 11 says, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to what? He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. Y'all know the people have a plan, right? This whole anarchy that's out there, they, they, they got a plan to crush America, crush the church. Okay? This is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. All the Antifa stuff is what they're doing. They want to get rid of all religion. That, that means you. That's their plan. Y'all got the shirts on. This is their plan. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. Verse 11. Verse 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Are you hearing me here? Give me Matthew 6 verse 9 and 10. I'm going to try to make this make sense to you here. i got to speed up because I, I really, really want to finish this today. Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10. Remember, Jesus told us to pray something here. The disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, this is how I want you to pray. He said, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now watch verse 11. Verse 11. 
verse 10 rather. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Y'all got it? Now who's talking right there? Who's he talking to? The disciples, right? But also included us. Very good, okay? Now, if his kingdom could come and his will could be done without us, why would he tell us to pray it? So the fact that he tells you to pray it is because you are the one who, who allows it to happen in the earth. Y'all hear me today. That means God cannot move. He doesn't have the freedom, the liberty. Don't y'all judge me on this. Don't, don't be religious. He doesn't have the liberty to move in the earth like he wants to unless you and I pray it. That's why your prayers and your intercessions are so important. That's why it's so important for you to pray for people and not talk about them. Because you have to pray him his will, pray his, his divine order in their lives. They don't know how to get it done. They're under bondage to the enemy. So you got to pray, Lord, bless them. Open their eyes that they may see. Deliver them with your strong right hand. Are you seeing this here? So he says, so you pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, cast this as it is in heaven. So what he's saying is, I want you, you to connect heaven and earth. You are the connector. Tell your neighbor, you are the connector. You connect heaven and earth. In other words, you are God's man or you are God's woman on this earth. You got it? Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm the connection. Remember we read in Amos 3, verse 7, he, he won't even do anything unless he revealed it to us first. And then he can't move in the earth unless, he, he, uh, unless, unless we pray it. Why won't God just do all this stuff? Because he needs people to pray it. How many of y'all are, are tenants? You're tenants, T-E-N-A-N-T-S. You're, you're, you're leasing or renting. Just a few of y'all. The rest of y'all are homeless? Are you, are you homeowners? Okay, wonderful, okay. I just want to make sure because I, 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 I just didn't know I had that many homeowners in here. I'm just shocked. Oh, tenants, y'all don't know? Oh, renters? I should have said renters. I use too high of a word. Tenants. Okay. All right. So you're renting where you where you live. Now, being a renter, does your can we can I say landlord? Rent man. Rent man. I don't pay the rent man. Who is that? That's the rent man. Shut up, children. Shut up. Lay down. Satan, that's the rent man, the leasing agent. Okay. Do they have the freedom or the authority to just come into your, your house or your apartment? No. Why? Because they've leased it to you. You are in possession of it. 
So because Father God, according to Psalm 115, the Bible says the earth is, uh, heaven is the, uh, belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to the children of men. The earth he's given to us. So he doesn't have the authority because he's leased this earth to us. We're in possession of it. So as much as he may want to do, we have to now allow him. Yes, sir, come on in. You can come on in. That's why I say you got, you got to let him bless you. You got to give God permission, an open door to move in your life. Because he's, he's a gentleman. He's not, not just going to force himself on you or in your life. You got it? So we got to pray. So that means that you and I are then the connectors between heaven and earth. Got it? Okay, now, this is 5781. It's what we're beginning right now, this new year, 5781. So one, we use the, it's the number and the letter Aleph. Aleph, A-L-E-P-H, Aleph. Now, I want you to look and see a picture of Aleph. Aleph, do you see it? Now you see it. Then you don't. Aleph. Everybody say Aleph. That's A-L-E-P-H. It means first. It means one. It means primary. It means chief. It means head. So we're in the decade now of speaking. So now this is this is now. A uh, decade of sound of the voice. So now we have one. But I want you to see something. Remember I told you every number, I'll move out of your way. Every number, every letter has a meaning. Just like we saw pay, the open mouth. Aleph is composed of three parts, three other Hebrew Letters or numbers. One is a vav, V-A-V. V-A-V. I'll tell you what it is, then I'll show you. Vav. The other is a Hebrew word, yod, Y-O-D. Yod. Vav, V-A-V, and yod, Y-O-D. Vav, V-A-V, is where we, uh, the number six. How many of y'all know what number six is for? Man. So Vav is man. Vav is man. Yod, Y-O-D, is hand. Hand, H-A-N-D. It's the same word as power. Life and death are in the power or the yod of the tongue. Or power, I'm sorry, I'm sorry same word uh, as tongue, rather. Tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Y'all remember that scripture? That word tongue is the same word, yod, as well. So hand and tongue are the same. Okay? All right, now watch. So we have, I told you we have one vav and two yods. Now, if you look at it, you can see it. The vav, put it back up the screen, on the screen, please. The vav is in the middle. It's man. You see that? Diagonally. And then you see a yod pointing up and a yod pointing down. 
Some of y'all will get it by next Thursday. Vav, man, normally that vav is, is more horizontal. But in this letter, it's, it's, it's uh, diagonal because it's showing a direction that man is reaching up to God. So he, he's like this and he reaches one hand to heaven, one hand to earth. So Aleph is showing you that you and I, man, if we know who we are, are here to connect heaven and earth. When you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. You're going to decree it. Are you hearing this here? Whatever you bind on earth, bound. In other words, your job as a, as a valve of God, a man of God, a woman of God is to bring heaven's realities down to earth. What was Adam's job? He put him in the garden. Y'all remember Adam, the first man? The first man? He put him in the garden to dress and keep it. His job was to make all the earth look like Eden. Eden looked like heaven. Am I right about it? Y'all know your Bible, right? Eden was a replica of heaven. So at, and all of earth didn't look like Eden. Just Eden looked like Eden. So Adam's job was to make the rest of earth look like Eden. His job was to make all the earth experience heaven's realities. Now, how is he going to do it? With a forklift? No. With a shovel? No. With a backhoe? No. With some nails and hammers and screwdrivers, Chris? No, he was going to use his mouth. The Bible says that God breathed the breath of life into Adam, and Adam became a living soul, or as the sages say, a speaking spirit. Like God. That phrase, living soul, literally means Adam became a speaking spirit like God. So Adam was going to make all the earth look like heaven by speaking. So you and I, as speaking spirits, our job is to connect heaven and earth, to make heaven's realities manifest in the earth. I didn't know I had that much power. Yes, you do. I didn't know I had that much clout. Yes, you do. That's why you're here. That's why the moment you didn't get saved, you, the moment you got saved, you didn't die. The moment you got saved, you didn't die. Why? Because all of a sudden now, you're experiencing heaven's realities on the inside when you get saved. You're born again. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now your job is to speak. Use your authority in your mouth to begin to bring uh, uh, replicas of heaven. 
in the earth. Y'all got this here. Woo-wee. All right, now. I connect heaven and earth. Let me hurry up and get through this here. I connect heaven and earth. By my mouth, I bring the glory of God into the earth. Okay? Everybody say the glory of God. And that's why our praise and worship is so important. I mean, we know it, Elder Jeff. When you really praise and worship God authentically, you create an atmosphere. And when you create an atmosphere, we call it a habitation for visitation. You create a place for God. The Bible says in Psalm 22 that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you really praise God authentically, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When you praise worship God authentically, you create an atmosphere, an environment where now the glory of God comes from heaven and now invades the earth. I'll change that Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's not, it's not an invasion. It's a welcome. That's why prophetic preaching and declaration from your mouth and from the mouths of men and women of God is so critical because when you and I prophesy, we are prophesying heaven's realities into the earth. And what we speak, so shall it be. Are you hearing me so far? Okay, now, now let's go back to our main scripture here. 2 Chronicles 5. Let me show you this lived out. 2 Chronicles 5. Are you understanding how important you are to getting God's glory manifested in the earth? All right, 2 Chronicles 5. We, our main uh, subject here, or person that we're talking about, character is a man named King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of David, the king of Israel, the former king of Israel. Okay? Now, the Bible says in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles 5, so all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was what? It's finished. So Solomon had put some things together for God's house. Building God a house, right? And it says it was finished. So once the house is finished, now it needs to be filled. It's got to be furnished. And it's got to be filled. Okay? Now, watch what it says, how, how it's furnished. And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated. So again, there's three phases here. Finish it, furnish it, and fill it. Okay? Finish it, furnish it, fill it. So he finished the house, but now it's got to be furnished. And the Bible says... His father David had dedicated some things. 
says the silver and gold and all the furnishings. So his father David had already laid up some things for him to furnish the house. He had already set some things aside to furnish the house. David couldn't put up anything to fill it. He could put up something to furnish it. It wasn't David's job to finish it. It was Solomon's job to finish it. If you remember the story of their lives, David wanted to build the house for God. And God said, no, David, you can't build my house. You got blood on your hands. You're a, you're a warrior. You're a fighter. Right? So David was known as a worshiper and a warrior. He was known for his praise and for his, for his uh, warfare. Solomon, his son, isn't known for his worship. He isn't known for his warfare. He isn't known for his praise. He's known for wisdom and his prosperity. You got to see the shift that's just happening. That we've moved from a shift, we're shifting from where we, we have been known. Everybody knows us for our praise and worship. Everybody knows that we know about spiritual warfare. We've been doing spiritual warfare since the 1970s, spiritual warfare. We're fighting the good fight of faith. We're doing warfare. We're warring in the heavenly. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty through God. We're fighting the warfare. We, we know. They know us in the charismatic circle for our warfare. We know how to fight. Known, we're known for our worship. Even, even the secular people sometimes copy our worship. They'll take our praise and worship music and play it in the club sometimes because it's got a, a nice beat to it. David was known for his praise and his worship and warfare. But Solomon, when the shift came, he was known for his wisdom and his prosperity. The world has not known the church for wisdom. And the world has not known the church for prosperity. But the shift is on that from this day forward, they're going to know us beyond praise and worship. They're going to know us beyond warfare. They're going to start coming to us for our wisdom because they can't figure out how to fix that mess. They got to find somebody who can hear God. And furthermore, As God releases glory on this church, we're going to be known for our great prosperity, our great wealth, our great riches when they see what the Lord has done for us. How do I know? The Bible says that he brought in, sit down, the silver and the gold. He brought in the silver and the gold. <laughs> give, give me Haggai. Y'all may not, may not be able to find it. They can put it on the screen. Haggai 2, verse 6 to 9. I want to show you what's happening right now, Gigi. Haggai 2, verse 6 through 9. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while. So when this was spoken thousands of years ago, he's saying this is going to happen in the end. Now, I want you to check out what's happening all around our country and what's happening all around our world. It's being fulfilled right now. God says, once more, in a little while, I will shake heaven and the earth. 
The sea, they say this, this is our biggest hurricane storm season we've ever had on record here. The sea and dry land being shaken. L.A. had an earthquake yesterday. North Carolina had an earthquake a few weeks ago. Fire, everything happening. But watch this next part. And do me a favor, media, switch to the King James because the new King James misquotes this. The new King James gets this verse wrong. King James, I will shake all nations, and notice it says, and the desire of all nations shall come. So what the nation's desire is going to come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Now let's keep going here for the sake of time. Verse 8 and 9. Verse 8. Verse 8. Glory to God. The silver is mine. This is God talking. In other words, when he, he says, I'm going to shake everything, and what the nation's desire is going to come, here's what the nation's desire the nations don't desire world peace. That's folk. That's phony. That's fake. What they all desire is, is silver and gold, treasures. He says, and God says, it's mine. It's his. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Right? Give me, give me verse 9 too. And he says, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Now, the former is the one we're reading about right now. But in the end time, which is our time, this new glory is going to be better than what Solomon does in this old time. And in this place will I give peace or prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Now give me also verse 21 and 22. 21 and 22. Same chapter. Same chapter. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. He repeats it again. Now watch verse 22. And I will overthrow the throne of the king of kingdoms. In other words, I'm going to start pulling stuff down. Throwing down companies and throwing down governments. And I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of, of the heathen, of the heathen, and I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one of them, every one by the sword of his brother. So God's going to cause things to be overturned and overthrown. Why? So he can get all that silver and gold that belongs to him into. Y'all better catch this here. David was known for his worship and his praise and his warfare. Solomon was known for his wisdom and his prosperity. Now, may I add this to you? Jesus said that a greater than Solomon... Y'all got it? All right, now. Now, let's go back to 2 Chronicles 5. I got to speed through this here. 2 Chronicles 5. He put them in the treasures of the house of God. He put the silver and gold. He took the silver and gold and put it in the treasures. So that means the, mean the house of God had money. The house of God wasn't non-profit no more. Verse 2, now Solomon assembled, assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads, the Roshes, 
of the tribes, the chief fathers. When you see the, uh, the elders and the, and the chiefs, we, we, we also see the Hebrew uh, alephs. These are the first, the heads, the, the chiefs rather, the children of Israel. In Jerusalem that they might bring the Ark of the Covenant up from the, up, the, up excuse me, Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. I got to get the whole phrase out. Up from the city of David, which is Zion. Now we know Zion is a forecasting of the church. Verse 3, therefore, all the men of Israel assembled with the king at the feast, which was in the seventh month. Now, it just so happens this, this feast is about the Feast of Tabernacles, which comes here, it's the first week of October. So we're right in this season that he's talking about here. Furthermore, we are currently in the Feast of Trumpets. So which, whichever one you want to go by, but I know particularly from my study, this is about the Feast of Tabernacles coming here in a couple weeks. Got it? Okay, now, I want to drop down, please. I don't have time to read through the whole chapter. Drop down to verse 11. Verse 11. Thank you, Lord. Because I want to show you what's been happening in your life and what must continue to happen. Verse 11. And it came to pass. Everybody say, came to pass. When the priests came out of the most holy place, we can call that church worship, coming out and meeting together. It says, for all the priests who were present had done what? Now that word sanctified, we can talk, talk about being cleansed. We can talk about being purified. But in, in its simple, simplest terms, it means set apart. So who God is going to use in this hour, I'm talking to the wrong people. Who God is going to use in this hour about what we're going to see happen, only those who've been sanctified. Only those who have been set apart. Only those who have said, I don't need this world anymore. I'm not going to follow what this world does. I don't want this world's music. Y'all ain't saying much to me. I don't need this world's movies. I don't need this world's junk. I don't need all their reality. I have set myself apart. See, and whereas you and I, many of us, have been ridiculed for our holy stance. Ridiculed for being straight-laced. Ridiculed. They, they call us square. Call me holy roller. Call me sanctified. Call me whatever you want to call me. Long as God can use me, you call me whatever you want to call me. I want to be one of those ones that I have set myself apart. I've sanctified myself and I've made myself meet, able, qualified for the master's use. Now it says all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves. So my question for you, are you willing in this hour to sanctify yourself? Are you willing to walk away from the world? Are you willing to focus so heavily 
on God's plan and God's will for your life. That if I have to lose all my Facebook friends, if you have to lose all, all your little followers, if, if people don't call you anymore, are you willing? Because I have a divine assignment on my life to be a connector. That's what priests were. Priests were connectors between God and his people. Priests would always stand before God on behalf of the people. And God needs people who are holy and sanctified. The high priest, when the high priest would go in there into the Holy of Holies, if he had not sanctified himself, they had a cord tied around his waist that reached all the way back outside the temple. That when he went there, he'd have these bells hanging on those cords. And as long as those bells were ringing, they know he's in there, he's all right. But if those bells stop ringing, they just pull him out. Because they knew he had died. Because if you don't sanctify yourself, you are not. You can't handle God's glory. You can't handle God's power. You can't handle God's presence if you have not sanctified yourself. So call me what you want to call me. Long as long as God can use me. Oh, pastor, you're no fun. I don't care about being fun. I want to be used by God. It's fun to be used by God. It's fun to flow in the Holy Ghost. It's fun to flow in his power. It's fun to flow in his anointing. That's fun to me. I get all my kicks out of being used by God. I'm not telling you how to live, but I'm just suggesting to you that if you want God to use you, if you want to be a part of this movement that I'm talking about, you have to sanctify yourself. Now, what I love about this, what I love about this is that it says, catch this, catch this, catch this, catch this, don't, don't let this slip you. They sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. Now, under, under the Levitical order, these priests, they had certain divisions, which meant they would serve only at certain times. As a priest, it might be your month to serve. Then you got the other 11 months off. Then another priest might be your month to serve to pay, based on your divisions. But what they, what they said was, we're going to all sanctify ourselves without keeping to our division, which means it don't, matter that it don't matter that I'm not scheduled to usher. It don't matter if I'm not scheduled to sing tonight. It don't matter if I'm not scheduled to preach this morning. Some folk only sanctify and consecrate when they know they got to preach. But the Bible said, be also ready. In season, out of season. So even when I'm not scheduled to preach, I'm still walking holy. I'm still living right. I'm still sanctifying myself. I'm still setting myself apart. Because I never know when God's going to call on me to be used. So it doesn't matter about a schedule for me. I'm going to always be ready for God to use me. So they sanctify themselves without keeping to their certain divisions. Some folk, I, I ain't scheduled to usher, I ain't even coming to church. I ain't on schedule to greet. I ain't on schedule to work in a nursery, so I ain't going to be there. 
Now that that's church business. I'm just messing with church business right there. That's just church. That's on the side. Ain't, ain't you know? So what what people do? They do that to let themselves off the hook, so that I can now kind of freely live and think and listen to and do and whatever I want to do because I don't I don't need to be consecrated this weekend. I'm telling you, you set yourselves up for a trap. Because the devil likes to catch you when you least consecrated. When you're not focused on the things of God, and bam, here he comes. Here you are, you ain't smoked weed in 12 years. All of a sudden, you at the stoplight, and somebody got their window down, and that weed whiffs. Now you think about weed now for the rest of the day because you weren't consecrated. They sanctify themselves without keeping to their schedule. If God's going to use you, you got to be sanctified 24-7. Consecrated 24-7. Glory to God. Set apart 24-7. I'm a connector. And I never know that moment when God's going to release his glory. And I got to be that lightning rod that connects heaven to earth. Sit down. Furthermore, I like this. This is just a revelation of this here. They sanctify themselves without keeping to their divisions, but I want to do a play on words here, if you allow me, without keeping their division. Because what I, I love it that I'm seeing God doing in this moment is he's, see the devil, dad preaches, the devil's a gambler. And he, he doesn't know he overplayed his hand. So what he's meant for evil, God's turning for good. So whereas he's been trying to shut the church down, what he is actually causing to happen is for churches to become more unified. The true church is putting aside their divisions. Oh, you hear me? The true church is putting aside their denominational lines, all their doctrinal differences. And saying, you know what? You believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus Christ. You might wear pants. I might not wear pants. You speak in tongues. I might not speak in tongues. But hey, listen. It's, it's so, so amazing. I've seen one of the most traditional churches uh, in, in America. Pastor by a very famous name, I won't, man, I won't say his name, but out in California where California's been on this shutdown and this man passes a mega church and said, I'm not shutting my church down. Find me, put me in jail, I'm going to stay out of church. And they've been getting thousands. They were, they were a mega church. They've been getting thousands. They, they've had to now set up tents outside because he made a stand. Because what's happening is people are saying, you know what? Oh, you going to have church? We're going. We want to find somebody who's going to be a true servant of God who's going to stand and not be some scaredy cat hide at home online. How y'all doing this morning? No, no, no. I need somebody who's going to stand in my face and preach the word of God. 
what has happened, I've, it's, so, it's so awesome. I've watched people who, who this guy, because of his doctrinal beliefs, has lambasted other ministers. He's dogged out other ministers, written books about other ministers. These same other ministers are now coming out in support of him. And said, it don't care what you've ever said about us. We are the church of the living God. And we're much better and we're much stronger if we're together than we are divided. So the devil has been trying to tear us apart. He don't realize you're bringing us together. Jesus Christ's prayer in John 17 was, Lord, make them one. Make them one. Even as you, me, me and you are one. Make them one. Glory to God. Y'all got it? Oh, I got to hurry up. It's one o'clock. Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. So verse, verse 11, they sanctify themselves without keeping to their, to their divisions. Verse 12. Verse 12. And the Levites, and the Levites, and the Levites who were the singers. Now, all Levites weren't singers, but all singers were Levites. You got it? In other words, let me also say this. All Lev not all Levites were priests. So there were priests. We just read about the priests, right? But now here comes Levites who have their appointment to sing. Can you understand why praise and worship is still so important? Why, why we got to just really stay on top of praise and worship? Hey, we know. Don't just sing any song. Don't just, don't, 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 don't just sing any words. Because you are as much a part of this priesthood experience. See, what the church has done over the years is we made singers just singers. And have not caused the singers to understand their, their Levitical role in this priesthood. Yeah, that's why you can't, they out there singing and doing secular stuff. It ain't going to come in and try to sing and bring the glory of God. It don't work. Because the same way the priests had to consecrate themselves, the Levites had to consecrate themselves. Now, in the Levites who were the singers, all of those of Asaph and Heman and Jedithan, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, how were they dressed? Now, white linen is always indicative of righteousness. Righteousness, clothed in white linen. I think Amplified might even say the word fine linen. They're clothed in white linen. They're clothed in fine linen. It's indicative of their righteousness, their right standing, which means these Levites had purified themselves just as much as the, as the priests had. Now watch this. Having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them, 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Now, this scene would have been banned in most of the world today. 
This is a mass gathering. We're going to see in a moment loud singers and trumpets. They would have been shut down, fined, jailed, on the news. They would have tried to trace every, every one of society's problems back to this mass gathering right here. But they're gathered. And it says, and with them, I want you to see this, 120 priests sounding with what? Trumpets. 120. It's interesting when we read in Acts 2, in the upper room, if you go back to Acts chapter 1, it says that in the upper room there were about 120. Just so happens, 120. Why? Because they're about to shift into a whole new dispensation. They're about to shift into a whole new paradigm. They're about to go from just being disciples to becoming the church. The church is about to be born on that day. And God just arranged. So remember there were 500 plus people invited to that meeting and only about 120 showed up. Only about 120 said we're going to consecrate ourselves. Only 120 said we're going to sanctify ourselves. To the point the Bible says that they spent 10 days in that upper room praying, praising God, making supplication on one accord. That means everybody's, not everybody's going to do it. Deep. I can tell you like, like they tell you when you walk into a college orientation. Look to your left, look to your right. Somebody's not going to be here next semester. Now watch this. Okay. Now verse 13. Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as Aleph to make one or one or make an Aleph sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they took off their masks and lifted up their voice with those wind instruments, trumpets, I'm just showing you, I'm not, again, I'm not picking on that, I'm just showing you that, that the law would have outlawed this. And the devil knows what he's doing. Because he knows what was prophesied to the body of Christ last year. So he got to shut it up. But notice what happens here. When it came to pass, when the trumpeters and singers were as what? One. Were as what? One. Remember the day of Pentecost, they were all with one accord? Yes, we don't have to go back to Acts 2. Y'all have seen it. They were all with one accord in one place. Yes. One accord in one place. One accord in one place. There's something about oneness. There's something about unity. There's something about not having any division. There's something about us having one mind before God. They were all here for the same agenda. I didn't come in to see how you dressed this day. I didn't come to, come to see, how, you know, what you went to eat yesterday. Thank God for everything you did this weekend. But now I'm here for one reason and one reason only. That's to glorify God, to magnify God, to connect heaven and earth together. Because more important than seeing you, I need his glory manifested in this earth. There's no power in your story from yesterday. But we 
glory of God is manifested on the earth. That's when healing comes. That's when miracles come. That, that's when breakthrough comes. That's when deliverance comes. And I need his glory more than your story. Tell your neighbor, I need his glory more than your story. came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound, to make one sound. Everybody say one sound. One sound. One sound to be heard. In other words, there was no competing sound here. I'm not trying to out-preach anybody. I'm not trying to out-sing anybody. I'm not trying to out-shout anybody. I'm not trying to out-dress anybody. I'm making one sound to be heard, one voice to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord saying for he is good for his mercy endures forever that the house now I want you to see just for a moment I'm, I'm almost done here I want you to see beyond these four walls that when I'm talking about God bringing his glory, I'm talking beyond our gathering of saints here in this church. I'm talking about God's glory covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. I'm talking about God's glorious presence, his essence manifesting in the earth beyond these four walls. Because what you and I have been doing by our praise is building God a house. Did you just catch what I, said, what I said to you? I'm not talking about four walls and concrete and a roof. I'm talking about you and I, through our praise and worship, have been building God a house. Do you know we are the temple of the living God? Do you know we are? Not this building, we are. That's one point I agree with these pastors. The church is not the building. That's right, the church is not the building. We are the church. That's right. And I build God a temple at my house. In my car in the store, in my neighborhood, but together, together, we are building God a temple. And so when they praise God, watch this, the Bible says the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Everybody say a cloud. Glory to God. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. Now you got to hear me now, ladies and gentlemen. The devil knows what happens when this cloud hits. The devil knows what happens when this glory hits. And he knows what causes this glory to hit. He's been through it before. When Joshua was at the walls of Jericho, they made one sound to be heard. And when that one sound was heard, the glory of God, watch this, it wasn't their sound that knocked the wall down. It's when they released the sound from the earth God released a sound from heaven. They brought a connection, Giovanna, between heaven and earth. And when the glory of God hit the, hit the earth, 
caused the walls to come down. When Paul and Silas were in jail in Philippi, at midnight praying, praising God, not drowning in their sorrow, but praying and praising God and singing and giving thanks to the Lord. They released a sound from the earth. And when they released a sound from the earth, God released a sound from heaven and boom! Busted the jail wide open. So if you and I can get together and make one sound on one accord and cause one sound to be heard, God will release one sound from heaven that will come in like a rushing mighty wind and it will fill the whole house where we're sitting and God's glory will manifest in your life and heal your body in an instant. Boom! Put your marriage back together. Boom! In an instant. Can I show you something? I looked this up when I thought about this. What what hit that wall? What hit that prison? And I thought about a sonic boom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now I looked this up. This this sonic boom, I looked it up. It, It says is this. It's the sound associated with the shock waves created whenever an object travels through the air faster. I want you to see, when you release your sound from the earth, God releases a sound from heaven. The Bible says in Acts 2, the the sound came from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. Now watch this. It says sonic booms. I'm trying to explain to you what happened at the wall of Jericho. What happened to that Philippian jail. Sonic booms generate enormous amounts of sound energy. They can be particularly loud and startling. God's going to startle your enemy. In the Bible, you see where God's children will be in trouble and they praise God, they praise God, and the Bible will say that God discomfited their enemy, which means that he caused the enemy to be startled because the enemy heard a sound. They didn't hear the sound of, of of the Israelites. They heard a sound from heaven. God heard the sound from the Israelites. God heard the sound from his people. But then the enemy heard the sound from heaven and it startled them, knocked them off their, off their, their, their rocker. Now watch this. God's going to send a sound. I'm, I'm going to just quit right here. Y'all got it. This is the sonic boom that's going to hit. It's, gonna, it's particularly loud and startling. Notice it tends to awaken people. I'm, I'm going to show you here, right here. Somebody you've been praying for. Somebody you've been believing God for. Asking God to save their lives. Asking God to wake them up. What's going to do it is when God releases that sound from heaven, that sonic boom that's going to hit the earth, 
It's going to awaken your cousin and your friend and your neighbor and your child and your spouse and whoever you're praying for, but it can only be released when you release your sound from the earth. Then it says, and may cause damage to structures. That's what happened to the wall of Jericho. That's what happened to the Philippian jail. And that's what God's going to do in this earth is he's going to start destroying structures that men have built. I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about everything that men have built up in their own honor. Everything that men have built up in their own high esteem. Everything that men have built up to worship themselves. He's going to begin destroying their structures because the people of God are not going to be silent. We're not going to wear masks the rest of our lives. We're not going to be hiding out in a cave somewhere. We're going to come together like we're doing right now, and we're going to make one sound to be heard, one voice to be heard, and we're going to speak, and we're going to declare, we're going to decree the things of God, and God's going to release His sound from heaven and move things this earth like we've never seen them before. And when God does these things, that's when miracles are going to pop off. Even financial miracles are just going to pop off in your life. Now, when that boom hit in Acts 2, you had a revival breakout. We've been praying for revival, we've been praying for an outpouring. We've been praying for an awakening. And I'm here to announce to you that we have shifted now into the time that as we use our voices and not let the devil tell us what to do, that God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. He says he's going to pour out his spirit on his servants and his handmaidens, and they're going to prophesy. The old men going to dream dreams. The young men, they're going to see visions. They're going to see something coming to pass. And when they see it, they're going to prophesy it. For it to come to pass. Because we've entered now the time that everything we speak as one, we're going to connect heaven and earth together. And God's spirit is going to be poured out in such a way that the whole world is going to wake up. How many of y'all have you been praying for somebody to come to the Lord? Believe in God for somebody to be awakened from their stupor, from their sleep. All God is is this sonic boom. All he's waiting on is somebody in the earth who will reach up and connect heaven and earth together. That's why you can't quit. Tell you, neighbor, you can't quit. You made it this far. All the toil is over. All the struggle is over. From here on out, you're going to speak it. From here on out, you're going to decree it. And from here on out, when you and I come together, if, it, if God can get two of us to come together and make one voice, one sound, then he'll move all heaven and earth. And that's why God has to have us together. We must be together. 
That's why I told you a few weeks uh, back in, in uh, July that we cannot not meet. It wouldn't matter to me what all broke out. We could not not meet. Because God has to have us together making one sound to be heard from, from the earth so that he'll make one sound to be heard from heaven. And when he releases that sound, it's going to bring all the silver. It's going to bring all the gold. It's going to bring all the furnishings. And he's going he's gonna to take what we finished and what now has been furnished, and he's going to fill it with his glory, with his essence, with his anointing, and with all his power. And miracles that we've been praying about are going to begin manifesting all the time. How many of y'all can believe that? How many of you believe it and you agree with it? Why don't you get on your feet and just shout amen to the Lord today? Come on, give God a praise today for the word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Now what the devil has tried to do, ladies and gentlemen, and I guarantee you every one of us have experienced it on some level on an individual basis, is he's tried to steal your shout. How many of y'all want to say that? He has tried his darndest to steal your shout. He has tried by robbing you of joy. I remember going through it so, so much earlier this year, this oppression. How many of y'all been through that? This heavy oppression that the devil's trying to bring is like, you almost like couldn't think straight. You almost was like, what is this? You got a witness right, right there next to you. It's like, what is this? Like almost you like felt like you were in slow motion, like you were stuck in the mud. See, you're not by yourself. Tell you that you're not by yourself. Like, wow, what is this? Like, wow. What has it been? It's the devil trying to snatch our voices. Because when you feel like that, it's hard to pray. Come on this side. I said when you feel like that, tell the truth. It's kind of hard to pray. Has anybody found your prayer life been challenged? You like. Come on. Whoa, what is this? I'm a prayer, I'm a prayer warrior. So I know it's been a challenge to praise. You've had to force yourself sometimes just to praise God. Then somebody say, shout, shout. Okay, I'm going to muster enough strength to shout. See, that's been the enemy's attempt. Mask or no mask? Because he's, he's, he's had this emotional mask on people. Just spiritual mask on people. Just people can't even see the mask. But you're like, oh. Well, it's been an attempt to silence us because he knows that we're in a speaking decade. That when you and I speak and when you and I praise, when you and I worship, when you and I come together with one voice, the power that happens, the connection that we make between heaven and earth. 
And what he does not want to ever see again is heaven on earth. He knows every time heaven visits earth, somebody gets healed, somebody gets delivered, somebody gets set free, somebody gets saved. Somebody's marriage is put back together. Somebody's child comes back home. He loses another one. So he's got to fight to keep us from there. But I refuse to be silent. I refuse to quit. I refuse to draw back. I'm not going to let the devil steal my voice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody look to heaven. Let's look to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just give God praise right now in your own way just for what you have received. Come on, just let him know. Let him know. Just, just tell him what, how thankful you are. Come on, use your voice. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for bringing you into this hour. Thank him for bringing you into this critical moment. Thank him, thank him for bringing you into this season. Thank him that he didn't let the devil triumph over you. That's how you know that his favor is on you because he did not let your enemy triumph over you. Come on, you know God has favored your life. Because what the devil had planned for you, you would have been out of here. You for sure, sure would not have been in church on a Sunday morning. Not today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for sparing us. Sparing our lives. Sparing our hearts. Keeping us. Thank you, Lord. That what the enemy meant for evil, you would not have let it work, but you're turning things for our good. Thank you that when all the oppression tried to take us out, you are the lifter of our heads. And you lifted up our heads, oh God. Thank you, Lord. You held us by your strong right hand, oh God. You kept us from the evil. Father, we're so thankful to you today that, God, you've given us a voice. And, Lord, that we, we are consecrating and sanctifying ourselves, not allowing any division to prevail, Lord. We're coming together as one. Think that you're raising up your church and truly making us one in this hour. One church, one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit. God, we even thank you, Lord, that, that you're tearing down denominational divisions, Lord. People aren't worried about any more denominations, but, Lord, they're concerned about your, your glory. Lord, that God, that in this, in this hour, people are getting past all their little dogmas and those little doctrinal things that men have created. 
We're after your heart, desiring you and your will in our lives. And Father, I stand on behalf of this entire ministry and pray and declare that we are consecrating ourselves, sanctifying ourselves, oh God, so that you can indeed use us. Hallelujah. God, you took 120 priests, you took 120 in upper room, and you changed the world. You brought your glory cloud. God, right now, thank you for these that are here. God, take these numbers that are here, Lord, and use us to bring your glory cloud in St. Petersburg, Florida. We want your glory. We want your cloud to cover our city, to cover this region, to cover the Bay Area. In the name of Jesus Christ, we want, Lord, your, your power and your glory manifested in our city, oh God. We want people delivered and set free in this city. Bring your boom, oh Lord. That will startle those who are addicted to drugs. That will just ruin their high instantly. Shake them out of that stupor and they never go back to it. That will awaken somebody, Lord, who's trapped in darkness. Whatever way they're living right now. God, you're the only one who can bring them out. You can do in one step what 12 steps can't accomplish. You can do in one, one move, Lord, what years of therapy cannot undo. So we're asking you, Lord, to do it. You can do in one moment, Lord, what all the surgeons in the world could not fix, what the doctors in the world could not heal. You can heal in one moment of time. God, so we invite your glory, your power to manifest. God, from this day forth, we commit ourselves to one voice. God, wherever there may be any strife among us, we get rid of it now. Even as we ask you to forgive us, we forgive those who may have trespassed against us. Even as we ask you, Lord, to to look beyond our faults. We, Lord, we look beyond other people's faults. We come together with no division, no strife, no separation, no contention, no competition. We live as one. We command racial walls to come down. Ethnicity walls to come down. All these things that, are, that Satan is using to divide our nation. We speak we are one nation under you, Lord. You made us one race of people from one blood. So we speak and declare in this nation, Father, we are one. And God, as the church rises in this nation, let one sound be heard from this nation, Lord. And part your spirit on this, on this great, great United States of America. And Father... Let this final great awakening happen that will usher in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ that before Jesus returns that multiplied millions and millions and millions of people will come to know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins. We thank you, Father, for your cloud resting in this house to the point where we cannot continue to minister. Where, Lord, your glory does all the ministry. Where people will walk in and get healed with nobody laying their hands on them. 
People walk in addicted and walk out, Lord, free because, Lord, your, your cloud rests here. Hallelujah. Everything wrong made right because your cloud is here. We thank you, Lord. We declare with our own mouths, it is so. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Put those hands together one more time and give God a great praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.